Hello and welcome to What's Brewing in Education. My name is Scott Kuykendall and I am the Stanislaus County Superintendent of Schools. If you have a preschooler or like working with four and five-year-old children, our discussion today is about universal transitional kindergarten. Currently, many schools offer Transitional Kindergarten, or TK. Joining me today to share the newest information is Tony Jordan, Division Director of Child and Family Services here at SCO. So lots of talk recently in education regarding Transitional Kindergarten. So tell me what would be the advantage for parents who are out there who are thinking about this, like what would be the advantage of having their son or daughter enrolled in Transitional Kindergarten? So I think transitional kindergarten really gives parents an opportunity to have their young four-year-olds have, you know, preschool, uh, as it were, and prepare them for the, the rigor of kindergarten. Um, you probably, people have heard it said that, you know, kindergarten's the new first grade and TK's now the new kindergarten. And I would agree with that. Um, but what the people should really know about transitional kindergarten is it's really a good opportunity to develop those school readiness skills that young children need to be successful uh, as they matriculate into kindergarten and start their whole you know, school uh, career. Um, there's a lot of social emotional development and early literacy and early math skills that can be developed. And this really gives families a two-year opportunity, right, transitional kindergarten and kindergarten, uh, to get their children ready for the, the rigor of K-12 education in California. Okay. Folks may also be aware of Head Start, and maybe they don't know about Head Start programs to the extent where, you know, they understand everything, um, ages and fee structures and eligibility and all of that. So tell us a little bit, how does, how does transitional kindergarten compare to a Head Start program? Okay. So let me take a step back. I think that's important. So transitional kindergarten is one component of what California is now calling their universal pre-kindergarten. And I'm gonna think of it more as a menu of options for families. Transitional kindergarten is not mandatory to be a half-day program or a full-day program, right? School districts have the opportunity based on their community's needs to set up whether it's gonna be a half-day or a full-day. Um, as such, Head Start programs and state preschool programs also parental choice uh, and based on community community's needs may be a half day model or a full day model. So I, I think it's important to kind of understand that any of these options that are out there for parents are one, options, and two, parents should choose the option that works best for their child and for their family as a whole. Um, so I think those are some important, you know, uh, nuances to bring forward about about this. Um, I think a difference that you'll see in a Head Start program and a state preschool program and a transitional uh, kindergarten program is probably really going to depend on what kind of program is implemented. Uh, if it's a half-day model, you'll probably see a lot of the same structure to the day where you'll have uh, inside time, you'll have outside time, you'll have uh, circle time, you'll have uh, time for the children to explore different learning centers that might have been set up. Uh, if you're seeing a full day program, there's going to be a nap time that will probably be implemented on your Head Start and State Preschool programs. You may not see that 
in your transitional kindergarten program. So I really think from, if I were a parent, where is my child at developmentally? What are the needs that they have? Because no two children develop the same, right? So if I have a child that can't make it a six, seven, eight hour day, and they need that rest period, half day, maybe mm -hmm. after lunch, I might look for a program that would support that need, right? So I, I think the biggest thing for parents to hear is this is still all optional, mm -hmm. and it's really rooted in what's best for a specific child and specific families and uh, where what a parent's needs are for, for their young children. Okay. I mean, as you're, as you're talking about that, I'm just thinking that I could really use a nap typically most days after lunch. <laughs> what specific questions should parents be asking of their local school district mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. they're trying to see if this is appropriate for my child? Right. Yeah, I think there's some really key and important questions. I, if I were a parent um, of a four-year-old, I'm obviously a parent. All my children are much older than four now. But I, I would ask some really uh, important questions. Uh, start time, mm -hmm. end time, right? Full day model, uh, half day model. If it's a half day model, what other supports are out there? There's extended learning opportunity uh, that school districts now have where they can do wraparound services. If they're half day models, is there a state preschool or a Head Start program on campus where I could maybe do a UTK program in the morning half of the day and a Head Start or State Preschool in the afternoon half of the day. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's a full day model, what's available either before school or after school if, say, my work schedule requires me to you know, go in at 7 or 7.30 in the morning and uh, maybe I don't get off early enough at when the bell rings at 2.30. So those are the questions I would really be interested in as a parent. Um, educationally and what's happening, there should be a lot of similarity. There should be a lot of exploration happening in the classroom. There should be a lot of child-driven or student-centered uh, design of what uh, is being learned, what are the uh, activities that are being set up, what are the themes that are being explored. Yeah. So those are the kinds of things I would be interested in as a parent. So let's talk a little bit about that. I know that, you know, in, in Head Start programs uh, in particular, you know, students um, are assessed mm -hmm. um, in a variety of developmental um, and even kind of academic areas. So what are some of those, just kind of specifically? So what we look for is where is the child at socially, socially and emotionally. Uh, we look at early literacy skills, uh, so, you know, letter uh, recognition, we start getting into, you know, uppercase, lowercase, identifying specific letters in their name. We get into early math skills, so we're looking at numeracy, so, you know, rote counting, really understanding the concept of what is a number, what do objects represent as it pertains to a number. Uh, so we do a lot of that, and then we start getting into really some basic and foundational early math skills, you know adding, subtracting, using a lot of manipulatives, right? A lot of hands-on learning. So, and, and then we'll assess that and we'll share that with the parents. Like, 
This is where your child's at socially, emotionally. This is where we're seeing them in their early literacy skills. This is where we're seeing them in their early math skills. And, and we do that in Head Start and state preschool programs at least two to three times a year, okay. follow up with parent conferences. And you'll likely see a very similar model uh, in, in the TK programs, although they're, they're not um, as mandated as they are, say, from the Head Start perspective or the state preschool perspective, where we have to use certain assessment tools, we have timelines that we have to meet. Um, you'll see that, but it's not as um, regulated, I guess, from, from that perspective. Good. I really like the fact that, you know, you're meeting with parents consistently, you know, throughout the, throughout the year. What are some of the maybe best ways or most practical ways that like parents can support their children at home? First and foremost, I, this shouldn't be a surprise or new to anybody, but uh, reading every day with your young children, getting them exposed to books, to literature, to uh, how you read through, you know, left to right, uh, pacing, fully, you know, saying the sounds, making sure your child can see your mouth as you're reading. Uh, I would say that's like first and foremost. We need to see daily reading happening between the adults and the children. Um, counting, counting objects, naming objects that are you know common that you'd see, even if you're doing something as root as going to the grocery store, when you're going up and down produce aisles, you know, naming some things, counting things, uh, just really developing a rich vocabulary and that the child can start making those connections. Uh, that's, that's all that's happening in those first five years of a child's life. It's all brain development, and those are so important. And I'd say also singing, uh, you know, nursery rhymes. Those are vital. Um, the rhyming, the pacing that happens, that all helps a young child's brain develop. So it's, it's really being intentional about just constant interaction with your kids. Yes. So I love your example of the grocery store because so many times when you go to the grocery store, uh, you'll see kids just, you know, on the screen, right. you know, in the cart, on the screen, you know, um, you know, mom, dad doing, doing their thing. Right. Um, that would be a fantastic opportunity. And I think parents really need to think about being more intentional and really limiting the time that these young children have screens, you know, in front of them. Absolutely. I think there are some, you know, beneficial, um, you know, apps that you see on, on screens, but there's nothing like that human to human contact for brain development and for relationship and social emotional development. And, you know, kids are hungry to learn, especially at the zero to five. They're all about exploring and being creative and you know you get a lot of why questions but it's because that helps them develop their understanding of this world that they're in so yeah anytime there can be conversation open-ended questions uh, instead of the screen time mm -hmm. I, I'm a huge proponent for that yeah no okay so did you hear that parents okay you need to put your phone away and maybe rip that tablet away as well and be really intentional about Consistent and constant just communication interaction um, with your children because uh, as a parent that zero to four Goes like that and it's gone yes. and you never get that back. 
And those are foundational years when the brain is developing. The, the brain does not develop as rapidly at any other point in a human's life as those first five years. So reading, talking, singing, counting, hugely important. And then using different vocabulary. You know, the, the, the baby talk's not necessary um, as children, you know, are three and four and five-year-olds. They, they need rich, larger vocabularies. Right. So even as um, I used to be a language teacher, right, um, taught English and Spanish, and even going through college, um, that was really that one concept that was driven home is you always want to be using a cab vocabulary. Mm -hmm. You always want to be using those words that are just a little more um, complex, mm -hmm. a little more difficult than maybe your child is ready for because, yeah, it's that constant, you know, they need to um, struggle with the language a little bit and um, that really stretches them and helps them grow, right, and grow that vocabulary. So, yeah, don't be afraid of using adult language right. uh, with your kids just to get them exposed to all right. that. Can we talk a little bit about what might, it might look like in the classroom itself mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. uh, transitional kindergarten as far as um, staff, yeah. numbers of kids? What does that look like? So that's a great question. Um, and, and I think there's going to be some impacts and implications. So let me start with the TK model and maybe work my way backwards, if you will. So uh, right now, as it stands, TK classrooms uh, on average cannot have more than 24 students in them. And the ratio is uh, one adult to every 12 uh, students and then one teacher to every 24 students, right? So typically what we're seeing is a teacher and a paraprofessional with a classroom of 24 TK students. And that aligns uh, kind of closely with what we see in Head Start and State Preschool. Um, couple caveats, Head Start has a classroom cap, if you will, or capacity maximum of 20. And State Preschool has a capacity cap of 24, but they require a third adult. So in, when, you, when you go to State Preschool cl classroom, what you'll see is typically a teacher and two, um, they'll be called different things, either associate teachers or teacher assistants or paraprofessionals, but you'll see a, a three-person model versus a two-person model. Uh, and then depending on the district, you might see uh, in a Head Start program, you might see a two-person or a three-person model, depending on what funds they're using to uh, implement that program how many hours per day they're implementing that program. Um, I think one thing that will be interesting for us is, as TK rolls out over the next four years is will the state legislature reduce the classroom cap from 24 to 20? So right now in the language, there it does say that is going to happen should funding follow to support it. So it's not guaranteed that the TK classrooms will go to a maximum size of 20, but there's language that says, should California have the funding to support that effort, that that would happen. So we'll have to kind of see how that plays out. Um, the other thing we'll need to see how it plays out as four-year-olds have this ability to go to TK, again, it's parental choice, TK, Head Start, state preschool, maybe you have a, a family childcare home or a private childcare center, 
for example, you know, kinder care or child time, things of that nature. Those are all still options that families have, and it's really going to depend on what best meets their needs. Um, but as we see more four-year-olds potentially enrolling into UTK, um, if we see more three-year-olds right enrolling into the state preschools and the Head Starts and the private uh, child development centers that exist, will we see a reduced ratio level? And I don't know. That's that's yet to be seen. In Head Start, we have um, regulatory trigger language that if more than half of the students are three-year-old three years old, we automatically have to drop the classroom size from 20 to no more than 17. So it'll be interesting to see if some of that uh, evolves in state preschool or in UTK as we go forward. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, credentialing Mm. and what would qualify someone to work in a program like this. Now, uh, I talk to a lot of folks and we definitely have some of our, our even you know high school students, college students, they're in you know early childhood education programs. Uh, what do they need to know if this was an interest to them to be working with this preschool population? <laughs> it's a so I love the question. It's great. You're going to see me get excited here and passionate because workforce development is is a huge thing for me. Um, and I'm going to talk about two pathways that kind of start at different places and, and cross over. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you hit a really important point about these child development academies that exist in different high schools or, you know, ROP programs. Um, if I could, if I could get out to every one of those academies and ROPs, I would strongly encourage um, those high school students to get their 24 early childhood education units. So they're already getting experience in the ROP program. Okay, where do they go for that? They can go to a junior college. Okay. Yeah, they, they could go to Modesto Junior College and, and get those units because that's going to set them up for a much easier transition from early childhood education to the K-12 system which now includes transitional kindergarten. Get those 24 early childhood units. They're important, they're critical. You can start working right out of a a Child Development Academy or an ROP. Mm -hmm, You can mm -hmm. start working in a Head Start or state preschool program immediately. So you can gain your experience and those units. Once you have those units and you're working in a program, if you continue work and get your bachelor's degree and you have those 24 units, you can easily cross over to being a a K-12 teacher or a TK teacher in the K-12 system. So that's kind of one pathway. And if I could really speak to the ROP students out there that are in those child development academies, stick with it. We can get you in the workforce very soon and then there, there's a pathway for, for them. Okay. Let me start now, or talk now about if you're in the K-12 system and you want to teach in a TK classroom. So you already have your multiple subject teaching credential. If you're a single subject, you'll have to go get your, you know, your multiple subject aptitude test, the MSAT, right, to get your multiple subject te- teaching credential. 
once you have that, the TK requirement is that you get your 24 early education units. Those are typically at a junior college, but we here at the Stanislaus County Office of Education have partnered with UC Merced, and we've also partnered with uh, uh, University of Massachusetts Global, formerly Chapman, formerly Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. yeah, so we've partnered with them uh, to also offer those 24 units to the K-12 teacher that has their bachelor's degree, has their multiple subject teaching credential, but doesn't have their 24 early education units that are needed to teach a TK classroom. So those are kind of the two pathways. The one piece I wanted to come back was the crossover from a early childhood education to the teaching credential is not very easy. So if you have your BA and you have your 24 units, we're told that the Commission on Teacher Credentialing will be developing and releasing what will be called an early childhood uh, credential. And that would allow those staff to more easily cross over. It hasn't been finalized. We're still waiting to see if that's going to come to fruition or not. But that's really going to be, I think, a linchpin in this system of you know, universal pre-kindergarten like, and how easily staff can transition from you know the early ed side of the house to the TK-12 side of the house. So we'll have to keep our eyes on that and see how that comes to fruition. And I think it's important for folks to know that there are still some wrinkles in all of this. There are some things that still need to be ironed out, um, some decisions that need to be definitively made as we're going through. So it can be a little frustrating, probably on the parent side of the house as well as on the school side of the house as we are trying our best to roll this out in the timeline um, that we've been given, right. um, as well as utilizing the facilities that we currently have, because facilities don't just magically appear when you're adding a full grade level. Correct. So um, it's good in a sense that this will be rolled out essentially over the next three years, mm-hmm. and you know we can we can work with that. All right. Um, anything anything else that you think would be important to talk about? So I do think the the one piece I haven't touched on is combination classrooms and we're starting to see a lot of those pop up throughout the county where TK students if there's not enough of them to create a whole kind of self-contained classroom they are being you know combined with kindergarten students and that's not out of what we've seen since 2010 when TK first came about and added those first three months of birthdays to give children a, a second year of preparation Uh, but we're starting to see more of them just because, again, we don't have a full year of birth dates for four-year-olds to have, Mm -hmm. you know, classrooms large enough to be uh, self-contained and self-sustained, if you will. So so we're starting to see a lot of those. So I was actually just talking to a, a local superintendent here, and she mentioned the fact that they are basically accelerating Um, their rollout um, of transitional kindergarten because like you said that first age range there weren't enough so like they just went ahead and said like well if your birthday is here then you're eligible for our program right so they even have some younger students maybe then and they're allowing them Mm -hmm. um, this first year just so they would have the numbers to have uh, a, a class size that they could then move forward and not do you know, combination class, so to speak. Right. So again, if you are a parent out there, 
probably best to check with your local district to you know ask these questions and and see what's going on. Again, super new, and we're all kind of learning as we as we move forward, right? Right, right. And I think that's probably why the state gave us a four-year, you know, phase-in or implementation of this. Um, yes, it coincides with adding months to the range of birth dates uh, of children that will be eligible for TK, but it also gives school districts time to plan for what are the needs in the community, what are parents saying they need, what's the staffing that I can find, what's the facilities that I can really you know repurpose to make all this come to fruition. So while it might feel like we're building the airplane you know mid-flight, which yes we absolutely are, I also think the four years gives us time to work out the kinks and Mm -hmm. make sure things are moving forward in a positive direction, best serving children, best serving parents, and, you know, having the staff in the programs to uh, provide those services to kids and families. Yeah. Well, that was that was great, Tony Jordan. Well, thank you, Scott. I hope that this is informative. I hope so. I mean, it was for me. <laughs> I learned something, so that's good. That's that's always good. Yeah. Awesome. Thank a, you. A day without learning is a day wasted. Ooh, I like that. Right? Yeah, yeah, make yeah. sure we keep yeah. that. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thanks.